Open your eyes. This is America. The greatest nation on Earth. Where rats have it better than Italian children. If we are to build an empire of hope, we must first conquer New York. Our New York is being threatened by a wave of brown-skinned filth. They just keep coming. We ought to ship them all back. We have to show America we are all people of dignity. I want to build an orphanage. Be careful. This place will eat you alive. Even the Pope cannot protect you from what may come. I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, you so you you did an appearance last week, didn't you? Since we've I done went the podcast, uh, I you went go? to uh, the, the Great Tower uh, in Missouri, St. Louis. Yeah. Oh, the Saint, Arch, St. Louis, Missouri. Great people. They wanted to. Uh, they buy and sell and rent pieces of property for hunters. You know, especially deer hunting. Yeah. All across the, all across the south, and uh, there was probably four or five hundred there. I think it was Clay Clay McConnell's brother. Clay McConnell's yeah, brother. Yeah, lined it up. That's but right. uh, you know, Jace always liked to talk about it. But when when I walked up there to go to the mic, I got a standing O. So I thought, I said, these people. They are some good. It's pretty people. good when you hadn't even said anything. They get yeah, me on the premises most of the time. They don't get up on their feet instantly, but they did. But I preached the gospel to them and told so, them told them it was a great way okay. to think. They said we want to incorporate uh, our faith into our business here. I like that. I thought, hmm, because I said, who am I speaking mm-hmm. to? And and there was a little scramble for two or three days. For somebody to identify what what, what, <laughs> what they do. What was your opening line? My opening line was, uh, I asked him a question. I said, what year is it? <laughs> and they all kind of looked funny. I said, what are you? I said that, "That's funny. That's funny." They I probably. Said, I said, "It is buy. now 2021." Well, I know which, where you're going. With yeah, it, which but, takes on new meaning when you're saying, "I wonder what happened in one that we to this day count time by." That was kind of the way I opened it up. Did you I, I a, did take my duck calls. And did I you do that as a as a joke also, or do you, did you just? Because that it would be the your first impression they say sometimes is, well, I mean you were looking like you do, saying what, what year, year is it? Yeah. It was <laughs> silence. It was like oh well, they didn't laugh. I would have laughed. No, 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 not they didn't laugh. They just kind of looked around like <laughs> so they give you a stand. I've only had a stand ovation before I spoke maybe twice. Yeah, and my first my first line both times were. Lower your expectations. <laughs> they were some of the best people I have rubbed shoulders with since I've literally been on the earth. Yeah, they received the message with great enthusiasm. They were we made the the picture taken in groups of twenty. We'd have twenty at a time, so to speed that up, so I wouldn't have to stand there for five hours. I, I, I you know, Ben made sure of that he. 
You know, it gets, it gets tough when you, yeah, I, know. I mean, I know they mean well, but to stand there for four or five hours, two or three at a time, it just. Uh, it's And it gets harder the older you get, man. Yeah. Oh, it's exhausting. I agree. I mean, but you hate were, to say it's exhausting. They were very good, good but, people. And, yes. I, and I had a little duck call demonstration for them. I said, I brought my duck calls. I haven't done this in years. I said, but I figured while I was here, I'd just show you about hunting in general. Oh, it's biblical. I said, hunting, fishing. I said, it's it's biblical to the core of its being. I mean, spelled out, arise, kill, and eat. I said, it's there. I said, so I want to commend y'all for being able to make a living. I said, incorporating the gospel in with your with your land business. I said, you're wise to do so. Well, you think about it. I mean, Jesus made that illustration, you know, that he came as a fisherman. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll make you fishers of men. Yeah. I mean, Trust me, he he liked fishermen. I mentioned that. <laughs> I mentioned that I started out commercial fishing. I mean, John twenty one. He's like, I did watch, tell watch them, this. I did tell them, and they did roar when I said, you know, I'm just giving you all the background. I told Miss Kay, I said, look, we're gonna fish the river. I'm gonna fish it. We're gonna sell the fish. I said, we're not gonna tear the woods up. I said, as far as money goes, I said, but we stay the course. Then I said, I'll get the duck call on the market, and I said. So I looked up one day after the plan was implemented and carried forth, and I said, ha, I said, I'm a multimillionaire. I said, you never know. I said, I just took out on faith, work hard, mind your own business. So you won't have to be dependent on anybody, work hard, trust in capitalism. I said, it will work. I said, it'll work with you all as well. Well, was, tell us about where you're going tomorrow. Yeah, because you're not going to be here for the uh, podcast. We normally record on Monday and Tuesday, and so I got a note from Dan that said you were not going to be available tomorrow, which that hardly ever happens because you don't ever go anywhere. But no. then tell tell folks what you're doing because I found this to be fascinating. Well, kind of sad. Well, and, yeah. Uh, you know when we when uh, Duck Dynasty was at its peak, the our theme song was uh, played by ZZ Top. Yep, sharp, you know, dressed, sharp man. dressed man, which uh, was always good for laughs, you know, and because you know the rednecks, you know, make it make it well. Well, and they had the long beards. It yeah, was well, a it was a good connection. They they uh, we had a meeting with them one time, uh, Billy Gibbons and uh, Dusty Hill. Yep, and they came down and they mm-hmm. requested that we have squirrel. They wanted to eat some squirrels. Yep, which I thought now now we're that that's. I figured them guitar pickers. I figured they were top of the line, but now I know they are. So Miss K fixed them a big pot of squirrel and dumplings. So we had squirrel and dumplings. Dusty has departed. Yeah, uh, he passed away last week. To be week. with the Lord. And uh, someone, I think, guess his wife, asked me, would I come down and uh, do the eulogy? So say some kind words on behalf of Dusty. And I said, sure. So... Willie and I are going down. We're going down to Houston in the morning. Which so, I, uh, you know, I thought that was really interesting because we really only met them the one time. They, they were on our final episode. Yeah, they came in the parking lot one time. Remember, right. we had the outdoor. Well, they were in our final episode because they. Yeah, but remember, we were hanging out back there and they kept. They kept trying to film, but we were talking because he wanted to know how to blow a duck call. <laughs> and we were giving him a duck call lesson. I was sitting there thinking, you need to be filming this. Yeah. This yeah. is this is the gold right here. But we finally, you know. I'll probably remind them that Dusty and Billy both uh, and they're they picking, were good people. They're descendants of 
Jubal, who was uh, the father, <laughs> the father of the stringed <laughs> instrument. So between between Gibbons and, and uh, Dusty, yeah. I said, I'll tell you what, I said, they pulled it off, I said, because they had great talent as far as stringed instruments go. You're going to have more people going to look up Genesis 5 than ever has before. I will explain to them, and for him to request me to be to do that. I thought it was fascinating. She said well, that. Uh, he he requested? His wife requested that. And I, he did I, too, I, come, I think. Yeah. I, think I mean, I think it was a, in his will. He had a, uh, some type of disease. I don't know what it was. I'll find out, I guess. I I hate to ask that. Was he the shorter one or the taller one? I can't remember. He's shorter one. Shorter yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, The tall guy is, is Gibbons. And then yeah. the, the drummer, his name is ironically Beard. Is yeah. his last name, but he's the only one that didn't have a beard. Oh, of course, he and I bonded on set because he, you know, I was the beardless on ours. Well, they, uh, I think he played mainly the bass side. Uh, right. I think Dusty was, was the bass man. But, you know, they played some great tunes. I mean, oh, to this man. day, I love them. Oh, they're, they're great. I was trying to, I was looking up on the, there was, Willie said something. I was trying to find it. It's on Fox News, but I can't, I can't find it now. He had some kind of tribute to him. Um, I, I just saw a breaking thing. D- Dynasty star gives tribute to Dusty Hill. And, but I, I can't find it. I don't know what the deal is. I was going to read it. Well, I'll, I'll remind so, them that Jesus is the one who said, you know, whoever believes in me, even if he dies, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. So he has just departed from his body. His body's asleep. His soul is alive in good hands with the Lord, yep. soul and spirit. And when Jesus shows back up, he's bringing Dusty and others like him with him. And uh, there'll be a resurrection of the dead and they'll receive their glorified bodies, which is uh, very uh, soothing, in my humble opinion. So he's in good hands. Oh, was, oh here was Willie's line. He said, our beards bowed down to him that was his uh that was his way of saying that so i thought that was pretty good our beards bowed down when we got in their presence because they had been running uh that look way longer than we had for sure so they just i guess they checked with them when when where we kind of met because we just looked similar right yeah and then and then really and now for dad to get this opportunity i mean i just thought it was really cool that you meet someone a time or two but it was such an impact on them that they they felt it, you know, worthy for you to go and say something. Yeah. You know, which I think that's yeah. that's. I pretty- was honored to speak uh, speak at uh, Dusty's funeral. I really was. Yeah, so I can't wait to hear about it once it, once you do. So that's so Dad won't be here tomorrow uh, because of that. And um, well, so I'm going to tom- keep mine. It won't be tomorrow in your time. Well, <laughs> I'm, I right. haven't shaved, cut these in a while, but. I'm going to keep it about no longer than a foot because in the entanglements and the brush that grows in North Louisiana and the river bottoms, there's so many thorn bushes and saplings and trees that you can get Mm -hmm. these things hung up on. I try to keep mine. Well, there was a guy about a foot. There was a guy in the Bible named Absalom, which is quite the story. He had long whiskers. He had long long hair, and it led him to his death. He, he, he got he, he hanged got, by his hair. He got tangled up in a thicket. That's I think why he was riding a horse. I, I, I didn't mean I'm, I don't remember Absalom, but I mean now I know the story. But I mean because of that, it's, well, uh, well, the last major haircut I had was during a squirrel hunt, which is weird that we're telling these stories because <laughs> I got a to chasing a squirrel, and my hair was really long at the time, 
and I just, you know, my adrenaline was pumping. I was running. It turned into a chase, and I wound up, literally hung up in a briar thicket by the hair. And, and I just, yeah. I could not move. Yeah. And I thought about that story in the Bible. I was like, you know what? Don't put the Lord God to the test. I think it's time for a haircut. It's good if you. It's good if you run up on a, a ground yellow jacket, uh, a thing that's just a hole in the ground, about the size of a pencil. But, a in, but inside that hole, that hive is underground. That's where they they do all their mischief and raising <laughs> underground. And the hole is so small that you wouldn't know the hole was there. You couldn't spot it. Yellow jacket mischief. You run over that with a bush hog, and yeah. and, and all of a sudden. They begin to descend on you, and they're like hundreds coming out of that one hole. Yeah. And it's just a swarm. Well, until you get away from them, I mean, and I mean get away from them in a hurry, they're just pepping you. These whiskers, they, they hit the whiskers, but they don't get to the chin. They, yeah. They're stinging the fire out of you, but they're all they're caught up in your hair. On your, so you need to get up like this, like I have right here. It helps. What about Dan? He didn't quite have any defense system. Dan, I mean, he's been stung repeatedly hey, for right, years. Right behind this this house, I was I had built a fort, and I was trying to get a mattress, an old mattress y'all had thrown out, which was probably a bad idea if you threw it out. I was trying to get it in the fort, and I was moving it around. Well, I came up on one of them holes. Of course, got popped two or three times in the back as I'm running away. Mm-hmm. So I went and covered my entire body. I had a football helmet. I had I had every possible thing covered up, and I had a can of wash spray and some kind of flash water in the other hand. And I just went up on that hole and hit it, and as they came out, I was just fogging them because I was mad. They'd already stoned me. Yeah. And they literally just kept coming in a straight line and just to their death, just falling just yep. immediately. Yep. And that when that spray went, Stop. Out of spray, that the last thing I saw was right between the eyes. The only place not covered hit me right there, and I could not see for three days because he stung me right in the bridge of the nose. I rate them as the roughest uh, uh, insect sting. Yeah, it hurts above everything else. When you say anything that can swell your they eyes really shut hurt. for they, three they, days, they really hurt when they sting. There, they have a lot of poison in them. Yeah, but I'm just like you though, Jay's. Uh, let's take a break. So uh, we talk a lot about pain on this podcast. I, I guess that's a product of having three people over fifty years old doing a podcast. It's like when I used to go to elders meetings, Dad, and I hear people talk about all their prostate issues, and I thought, man, this is pretty sad. And then I became a prostate guy problem, yeah, and yeah. I thought, okay, I get it now. I understand. <laughs> so aches and pains are that way, and inflammation is is your real enemy. That's what causes your aches and pains. And so our, one of our favorite sponsors, Omega XL, they attack inflammation with their product, and uh, it's uh, it's basically muscles. Uh, that they grow in New Zealand. So it's kind of like a muscle oil that they use, and it really works uh, really well. So Dad and I both take it, and uh, it's helped us quite a bit. So if you're suffering with aches and pains and stiffness, we want you to try Omega XL. You go to OmegaXL.com slash fill, and you buy a bottle and get a second bottle for free. That's OmegaXL.com slash fill, or you can call them 
800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888 and work on your inflammation. I'm just like you. It makes me so mad that I go on the war path, whatever. Well, some I was a kid, but you know, I, mean, I still do it. Cause I, yeah. I got, there was a clothesline used to be a clothesline behind mom and dad's house. And I was walking back there and I bent down to go under the clothesline. That that was a big old red wasp. And he just, he didn't even fly. He just dropped down. And he got me right on the crown of my head. And I, I mean, it, I, it took me to my knees, you know, cause right there in your head. So I went and found some, I started fogging through that thing. And I mean, I bet you there were 50 wasp in that, you know, in that tube yeah. of that, you know, clothesline. Yeah, they're bad, but the, the ground yellow jackets, they're the worst. Yeah, I was, we By the way, if you do that, you, you take a little honey, which is interesting because honey bees, stinging bees, their own honey is the best thing you can do for a uh, wasp sting. Take the sting Just out. to put a little honey. It'll help a whole lot. Yeah. Somebody tell me was, vinegar helps. Honey well, a helps. few things. I mean, one thing I had to apologize to my kids for one time. I we had some people over, and there was a fly. And I told my son, who was you know he's a young kid at that time, my middle middle one. I was like, kill that fly. But he went over and he just kind of just kind of tapped him, and he he flew off. And I thought, well, we got a problem here. <laughs> I didn't embarrass him in front of the people when they left. I said, I'm going to look when we go after a fly or something with a stinger, we come with authority. I said, I, that was embarrassing. And so I sent him on like a week boot camp of killing flies in the house. It was so funny because busy got mad because I was overdoing it for impact, you know? I mean, a fly would light in the middle of a candle set. Well, I'm just, right. I am literally destroying. I get in all trouble. The, I get in such all trouble. the furnishings. And Missy was like, "Why do you keep tearing up everything?" And I'm like, "I didn't raise these boys to play patty cake with a fly in front of people." I eventually apologized. I was like, "Okay, maybe I'm taking this too far." But I just remember, I thought, I thought he was just going to wham, and I was going to say, "That's my boy," but he yeah. just like tap. I was like. Nope. You were disappointed. I would rather you break that glass out of the side of that because it was glass. And he was thinking, I don't want to break the glass. Yeah. I was like, I'd rather you break the glass than play patty cake. I'm the same way fly. with my grandkids now. That that's like you don't get in trouble if you break something because you were trying to kill a fly. Yeah. I that's just, like a you get a free pass. Because I hate those. I killed a big old gray belly. So if you're in a state where we you don't have a fly problem, but down here, I'm gonna tell you. It is it is a problem. Would you agree? I agree, and I can't stand them because they. So get that's a good lead in. So when do you, <laughs> when do you, when do you draw the line, Al? Because the kingdom of God. I want to hear this. Connection. I want to hear the lead in. Yeah, <laughs> here's the lead in. Within the kingdom of God, uh, not so many, but you do have them. You have the four point mind, yep. meaning straight A's. Now, Jace has got a son. He makes straight A's, uh, your second son, the young, yep. youngest one. So you have those types. <clears throat> you have one, some that are very spiritual. <clears throat> you have others who are C-plus like myself. You have ones, a lot of people are in the D and F category. You work with the homeless. They're on the streets. They uh, have a kind of a pecking order type thing going. So, but uh, 
they, but they're members of the kingdom of God. They put their faith in Jesus. We work with them all the time. But all these various personalities and a lot of people coming up, they were had no rules to any kind of regard to behavior. And you have all the ones that are kind of like uh, <clears throat> they're careful of what they eat, meaning uh, some people won't eat meat, some people will. In this case, you have a whole culture among the Jews who were under a law, the law of Moses, which had strict, strict, strict food laws. And you can imagine <clears throat> they look with disdain upon anybody who would eat a hog. Yep. You see my point? Yep. They're like, yeah, I well, now we're in the kingdom of God where there are no food laws. But we stay with it and we hang on to food laws. Certain days of the year are sacred to some, but some who weren't raised in that type of environment, they're just like, well, what are you doing? And they don't take your sacred day serious at all. Well, what do you do when you come? all of them come together and you said something about to start this discussion in the book of Acts, you know, starts out there. We had everything in common. And yeah, when, uh, you do, when you look at Acts two, three and four, two, three and four, you don't see any disunity. Everybody's happy. That's right. Meeting every day. People the, are the being trouble has not started. No yet. trouble <laughs> until you get to Acts five. And That's right. we see the story of Ananias and Sapphira. You got someone who's greedy and a liar. They lied to the Holy Spirit, Peter said. And all of a sudden they get struck dead. Well, immediately that brought a lot of unity, but at the same time, everybody's like, whoa. So fast forward a couple of thousand years out. <clears throat> Have we done so far on uh, accepting him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Now, in America, you talk, what isn't a disputable matter anymore? I mean, it's just rampant. Well, within the kingdom, what kind of people should we be or learn to be based on Romans 13 and 14? Well, and that's the point. Now, I give the floor to you and Jace. So that's the point. So uh, another thing in Acts, Dad, so you get to Acts, you get to Acts 6, and you start seeing the first clash between the Greeks and the Jews because now they're all Christians. And despite everybody saying we're one, we're one, at the same time, these Grecian Jews, you know, that who had a you know Greek background, all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, you're not treating us the same. And look, and the the Jewish Acts two, all Jews, the first three thousand, <clears throat> all Jews. Right. You're like, uh oh. So what are we gonna do now when we got these people that we have disdain for? Right. Remember, Peter even said, oh, I don't know about right. this, you know. He well, had trouble. Well, follow. I find it interesting as you follow that track, and that sets this up, is that then you had the the killing of Stephen by Paul, who who was as you know racist a person as there was on the earth. He he hated the Greeks. <clears throat> so so you have uh, so you look back at Acts seven and Acts eight, and you see Stephen is martyred. It was interesting because it, it scared everybody to death, obviously, but it scattered the church. But one thing about it is you notice it unified them again because yeah. then you figure out what's the most important. When people start dying over their faith, you quit arguing about, you know, did I get enough food for the <clears throat> widow? You get enough, did I, you know, is there all these little disputes? So then you get to Acts 10 and then you see the Gentiles first come in 
And then that's when the problems really led to all this, because you had all these schisms in each group. You had the Jews having issues about food laws. You had the Greeks because someone sacrificed meat to idols. And then we can't eat that meat because it's, you know, it's not, it's tainted now. So you got all these issues that we read about throughout the New Testament. So how much but, has well, changed? I want to give my response. All right, what's your okay. response? Okay, that was Al's. So if you take Romans 14, because I'm one of the simplistic members among us, if you weeded out all the disputable matters that's here, we've, we've already addressed the dates and the foods. Right. But it could be. Let's face it, after you read this, it, it it's not so much what you eat, because it could be where or how. That's right. Or, I mean, he, he used these for an example, but the list could be quite lengthy. Yeah, and is. Yeah, so if you weed those out, I'm just going to do something that we normally don't do. But if you look in chapter 14 and verse 4, and you see this phrase that a person would stand for the Lord... Well, then if you look in verse 6, it says, He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. So you see that phrase, to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, then he says, He who eats meat eats to the Lord. And then later on it says in that, to the Lord. And in verse 8 it says, If if us, uh, none of us, what does it say, to the Lord again there? If we live to the Lord, we, we belong, we to, the belong Lord. to the Lord. Now, we're starting to see this come up a lot here. Look in verse 9, that it might be the Lord of both the dead. Uh, and you keep going down, you're going to see this over and over. Uh, you know, Even to 14, it says, as one who is in the Lord. So here's my point. So the so, my, the, so my, the gospel brings us all together. Well, my point is you have a choice when it comes to Jesus and church and religion. You can focus on the rules or you can focus on the relationship in the Lord. And it's always going to be that contrast. Is it the method or is it the person? Is it because that's what was that's what gets lost. God, is it, God knows is it your the heart. creed or is it the Christ? Exactly. That's, <clears throat> in every disputable matter, that's going to be the answer. Let's take a break. So, Jace, you just sold a home, and uh, because you were in a very good area, had a nice bit of equity, right? Mm -hmm. Which was nice. Well, actually, I guess you kind of traded or whatever you did. You bought another place, yeah. right? Which is really good. Well, we trade. Yes. Yeah. Trade this for that. And you traded states as well. You're in another state. But it now. wasn't a bigger barn. It was just barn for barn. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, is important about equity is that's money that's built up because, you know, you you bought that house. So that's yours. One of our sponsors, Home Title Lock, is helping people hang on to that because if you don't have the title to your home, you thought you did because some cyber thief broke into the internet and stole it, then they're going to have your equity and they're going to spend your money and you're going to get stuck with losing your house. So it's happened to some folks. It's bad. They forge your signature and then they just basically take your money. So a good way to check that out is uh, go to hometitlelock.com, register your address, make sure you're not already a victim. You receive a complete title history of your home. That's a hundred dollar value. You get that free. Uh, just for going to them because you listen to the podcast. So it's hometitlelock.com. 
Make sure you still got your house. Because we're never going to agree, which is why he came to fulfill the law, which we just covered in chapter 13. Mm -hmm. Talking about love. Well, who do you love? You don't love. Well, now you, you say that you say, oh yeah, but I love fried shrimp. But do you really? They don't, they're gonna, not going to love you back. I mean, you love them so much that you're going to chew them up, send them down the hatch, let them stay a while, well, the way I've, I would, then flush them down the drain. The way I mean, I've that's des- not a love. The way word. I've described that, though, is the Greeks had five different words for love. And that was why. Because I love you know chicken a different way than I love my wife. Well, right. I love but my the brother. reason we get in so many disputes, because I love eating young deer. Yep. Backstraps, but then somebody comes over right, and I'm says, saying, "No, no, well, red meat's going. You're not going to live as long." And, and I say, "I'll die happy." And me too. And more soon than you. But you know what? <laughs> I'm eating that backstrap. Because <laughs> it's good. I don't care if you showed me a scientific report with 100 percent accuracy. Guess what? And the apostle I'm Paul take said, my chances. "The apostle Paul says, you by eating the deer backstrap." Should not be judged by others on disputable matters. So that's one of them. You say, well, I like young deer. And they said, well, you shouldn't kill deer. It's, well, right. It's not right. For you. you shouldn't eat meat. But, and you say, But Why? guess what? They could be, they could have found some documentation to prove that eating deer was wrong. And then they were going to run and tell me. And they ran too fast down the steps trip and fall and die <laughs> on their way to tell me that I'm going to die sooner, which is my point. It's a disputable matter. And it's something that I know I have the right to do. But the bottom line is in all these matters in all these disagreements, I can't come on so strong as to make the Lord not proud of me and how I'm handling my character and my speech and my behavior I mean, if I'm breaking the tables in my argument and telling them to get out of my house because they want to just eat vegetables, well, what happened to this? I'm a representative of the Lord because he wouldn't have done that. Yeah. What they do is they write down not the scriptures, but they say, this is what we believe. This is what we believe. And if inside that belief system, on, when it comes to food, you say they, they make a rule. We don't eat this on this certain day. This day is more holy than yesterday. You say, let's see here now. Let me see about this road we're going down. To some, it's a big thing this particular day, but they, a holy day for them. But to a lot of others, they're like, what are they doing? What happened on that day? So the Apostle Paul is addressing that. Right. Don't come together on that. Let it let it go. Let it go. I didn't, look, right? I didn't learn all these principles until I started visiting different church groups. That's right. Then I realized we have way more in common than we I don't. thought. <clears throat> and all the big stuff, and I mean big stuff, is the relationship-oriented stuff. Love God. Love the Lord. Jesus is the son of God. He lived a perfect life, you know, came from the virgin, died on a cross, was raised from the dead. The Holy Spirit was poured out and is available for everybody. They all agree with all that. So I'm like, well, why are we, why do we think you're different? 
because you do things in disputable matters that I don't do. Well, that that just makes you, in my opinion, a brother or a sister who does things that I don't do, and <laughs> and they're disputable. So who cares? Well, the the phrase "agree to disagree" is <clears throat> that's what applies here, and yet that's becoming a lost cause, both in the public square and inside inside the body of believers. I just agree to disagree with you. Just look at it's what okay. the, look what the non-believers in America look what they're saying now. Then you get to the believing Americans, and you see the friction between the various groups. We don't believe in this. You believe in that. We don't. and and food matters. You'd think that would finally not be an issue, but right. to this day, what you take into your body is still a giant issue i mean i do i I see a similarity between romans 13 and 14 and the sermon on the mount i'd like to share that which is in romans 13 in verse 8 he says let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debts love one another for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law then when we get to 14 we got into this disputable matters about eating and drinking and he comes down to verse 17, which we all agree is the kind of the key verse of this chapter. Yep. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is now providing this new way of looking at God, which is, he said, if there's a God and you're looking at him, instead of following this old law, he's fighting with the the prophets and the Pharisees. Well, in chapter five and verse 17, he says, do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Well, we know what he's talking about. He's going to get them to love because Romans, that, that is the fulfillment. And Jesus would, he, he loved everybody. He proved it. He eventually died. But he also said in that first phrase, Notice what he said in verse 6 when he starts out, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You know, Blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. But he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, which is the same thing Paul said in, in Romans. He's like, it's not about eating and drinking, but it's about righteousness. Well, Jesus, I wonder where he got that. I know where he got it. It's more important not what you put in your body to eat and drink because most, especially young people, this leads them around by the nose. They get up and they're like, what are we going to eat? That's all they care about. You know, what are we going to eat if they're not thinking spiritual? What I'm saying, immature. But it's more important to, to hunger and thirst for these spiritual qualities that are righteous acts because of the spirit. That's what it's about. So you think about what that encompasses, love, joy, peace, patience, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Well, if you practice all those things, you would get along with everybody as far as dependent on you. You are correct. And let's take a break. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis 
go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. And on the other side of the coin, you say, well, yeah, and but we don't really have a holiday issue. We don't because every time we've ever done Christmas things or Easter things or whatever, I always get people that are saying, why, why are you celebrating? We don't know exactly when Christ was. We don't know exactly when he came to the... And so they're like, so we can't celebrate it. Well, that's back to the disputed days again. They feel that way. Okay. But we're, I feel we're going, I'm okay with it. You're not okay with it. We're going to have to agree to love each other. But I've had people say, no, that's sinful. That's wrong. That's oh, I've said the same thing. Halloween. So, so they're focusing on when we celebrate instead of who. Because theoretically, you should celebrate Jesus every day. True. And they'll say that. Yeah. They'll say, but you can't single out a day. Sure we can. We're doing it for the Lord. Whatever we're doing, we're doing it for the Lord. I mean, even I made a pitch one guy. He's like, I mean, I can't believe you let your kids trick or treat on Halloween. Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't let them dress up like witches and anything evil. Yep. I said, but if they want to go get some candy from the neighbors because they love their neighbors and the neighbors love them. And then I tell them, let me tell you where Halloween got started. Wasn't a pleasant thing, but. We're going to do it for the Lord. We're going to flip this on its head. <laughs> Tell you what, why don't you go as one of the disciples? So the point is, if you feel strongly that you don't want to have anything to do with Halloween, okay. Exactly. That's I mean, what I'm saying. If you say, I'm out, fine. No problem. If I, I want no to put a, if I want to put a spiritual I'm not going to make you do it. Yeah. It was the point here. If I want to take something the world invented as a pagan thing and turn it into something spiritual, I think I'm being more courageous. <clears throat> You know, right? But I, I, I'm the Lord knows my heart, right? Am I, am I worshiping de demons and uh, no? You say, well, how do they know? Well, the Lord knows. That's all I'm worried about. Because you know, if you start down the rule thing, I had a, a sister one time tell me she came in and she was saying, you know, I just I hear people say things and it's just not right. And I was like, so I thought she meant like curse words. Yeah. And she's and she said, I mean they they're they're upset or they're mad and they use words that start with the letter g and that's just awfully close to using the lord's name in vain and i was like so any word uttered in an ex exclamatory fashion that starts with the letter g is out for you and she said yes that's too close yeah. And I Look, thought, well, wow, I got rebuked one time. <laughs> I thought, that's pretty stout right there. I mean, you know, good uh, garden seed. I had, nope. <clears throat> I, so, had, <laughs> I had a pastor sit me down and rebuke me one time because I said freaking. Yeah. I, I said it in a in a sermon. Yeah. And he's like, if you look that up in a dictionary, it has the F word, you know. And I think I think he thought I was going to say, Oh my goodness, what have I done? And I said, Well, look. 
I have a lot of problems and I've made a lot of mistakes, but saying F-bombs <laughs> has never been one. I've never said it. I said, you're looking at it like you're too close. I said, but I've never used that word. Yeah. I've never said that. Yeah. I said, and I chose not to. I use something as an alternative. Freaking. Too close. He's like, that's too close. <laughs> I said, According to who? I said, I said, even society says it's okay. I was like, you're trying to make a law. Of course, look, I felt weird because he was a man I respect, and you're yeah. supposed to obey your leaders, Yeah. although I did not agree with him. But to his credit, the more we talked, he said, well, just think about it. You know, I'm not judging you over it. I just think you'd be better off not saying that. And I was like, I respect your opinion. I disagree. I said rock and roll one time in a sermon, and an older man, again, a man I respect, said, you shouldn't say that. I said, I shouldn't say rock, because I was like, we're going to get it. Let's rock and roll. We're going to get after this thing. Oh, boy. He, he was like, do you do you know what that word meant in the original? And I was like, rock and roll, like music? And he was like, oh, no, it meant sex. Yeah. And I was like, well, I wasn't meaning it that way. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that, so, I, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, oh, it's, I have a hundreds of stories that happen. Right. I, I said one night that my wife and I, I said, I was speaking. And I said, you know, later that night, we did a little dirty dancing. Oh, boy. And boy, <laughs> got to the back of the building, you know, and this guy's like, okay, number one, there was a movie out. Which I, I'd never heard of a movie, you know, talking about dirty, dirty dancing. Of course, I was like typical I should have just relaxed, but I was like, well, what were you doing watching the movie? I've never heard of the movie. So evidently I'm in so a you better, rebuked his rebuke. I'm in a better spot than you are. And can I not dirty dance with my wife? I think that's God sanctioned. He said, Yeah, but you said dirty. I was like, Well, that's my dirt. We're one. We're <laughs> this is legal. <laughs> I felt like that in that movie, you know. So he ends this up. Now look. So he finishes Romans 14 up, and here's what he says. Let us, therefore, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean. I mean, you can eat anything you want to, irregardless of what anybody says. All food is clean. There's no food loss. That system is gone. But it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone to stumble. So watch how this reads. Uh, he's better not to eat. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. Anytime salvation, as far as food is concerned, salvation becomes an issue, this is what he's saying. Whatever you believe about these things, what's this? Keep between yourself and God. I think he's saying, look, instead of making an argument against somebody on these issues, just whatever you think on them, just keep it between yourself and God. Just don't make a verbal issue of it. I think this, I think that. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Now, figure that one out. Well, I think it goes back to the relationship thing. He's 
he's saying you're trying to make a law on a sheet of paper or any other written thing that you're enforcing. And you want and, everybody to instead follow. Instead of trying to look at the Lord and saying, what is, what do you, how do you want me to do a righteous thing here? Yeah. What is the best thing according to you that I need to do? And you're looking at the person saying, even though I have the freedom to do this, I'm not going to do it because I want you to have this same experience with the Lord. Yeah. So you have this freedom actually to make all these decisions and all these situations that are all different, but you're trying to do everything the Lord wants you to do. And you're trying to help others see the Lord and have this same relationship. I, I think that's what he means. I think he's saying too, instead of making a rule, why don't you just keep your mouth shut? Yeah. He actually says sometimes, but keep things to yourself. I mean, he actually says those words. Yeah, you know, I mean, and and when it comes to disputable matters, I think that's true. It's not worth a lot of stuff that's argued over in the grand scheme of things with religious people. Out, in my humble opinion, they're not worth arguing over. No, because they they hurt the cause. Let's take our last break. So that was my point. I went a step further, and Paul doesn't say this in the text, but I went a step further and said, this is all of the evil one. Because when you look back at the history of Satan, and I use three examples. One was the garden where he came in, and because of a lie, he divided humanity and God, a husband and a wife, and a family in one fell swoop. Yep. That's what he did. Then he was so bold about it. And then I talked about Elijah. We talked about that in a past podcast because he had him all depressed and he shouldn't have been because, you know, God had just won a great victory. But again, he was isolated and he was like, I'm giving up. And then he had the the audacity to go out when Jesus was in the wilderness there right after he was baptized. And he tried to divide Jesus from the Father and the Spirit. He sure did. And so I thought, that's his M.O. That's what he does. So why wouldn't he take the same tactic into the church? Because these people are stealing souls away from him. And so, of course, what's one of his greatest tactics? Division. And if it can be over something stupid, that's all the better. Because people are getting, you know, all got their panties in a wad, you know, all tightened up Mm. over something that just doesn't even matter. And it's amazing how they'll live there and camp there. So I made the point that the evil one is behind the division. I know where it comes from. Well, I mean, he, that's how he tempts us, but we, we're the ones that make the decision to go along with it. But I mean, you remember that point in the garden? I mean, it was only really one rule. Don't eat from the tree in the middle of of the garden. Cause if you do, you'll die. Of course they didn't know what death meant Mm. because they hadn't experienced it. So the evil one, his lie was, you remember what he said? You will not die. Yeah, he said, well, you won't die. But then I think what he said next is my point about the relationship part of it. Because he was, the evil one was just focusing on that rule. He's like, let's take this rule. He said, don't do that. There's one thing. He's like, but you won't die. He's he's not looking out for what's best for you. That's right. So you want to sever where you're getting your moral compass from. So then he says, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So you think about what he was saying. You can make your own rules, right? Which is, this is all about disputable matters in Romans 14, which is what happens. So they're like, oh, wait a minute here. 
Number one, God don't want the best for me. I'm not going to reach my potential here doing it God's way. So that was kind of the underlying thought. And I'll be like God, because in essence, when you're defending your beliefs, like the woman who came to you and said, well, I just don't think you should. Well, she basically has become God in her moral judgments, not based on the true living God, not based on scripture, but just based on whatever they just feel right. Don't you think, Al, that when Jesus said, uh, look, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. I personally think that Christians have a tough time for some reason or another. They're so rule and regulation oriented law that they don't realize how free they really are. We're way more free than what we, 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 we develop these creeds and try to hold every member to the exact same thing. This is what we believe. And this day here, we're going to set aside to, to honor the Lord. And they, 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 they put this information in the people's head and it kind of adds up to being legalistic about the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I think the I number mean, one, God's yeah. saying, look, exercise your freedom and be fortunate, most fortunate that you've been free to live your life, and you don't have to worry about every little jot and tittle on on what day you remember or what you put in your mouth oh, I, and I, goes out well, goes I, out of your body. What what are you doing? I said the number one lie in life is that people in the world think they're free, and people in the church think they're locked up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it, that's true. They think they're in prison that's with all point. the rules and regulations. That's that, my point. And the people out who are they're like, well, we're doing this because we're free. I'm like, well, you're not free. Some will say, well, you boys sitting down there, you know, in the, in, in the, in the, on the riverbank down there, y'all are just uh, uh, getting people stirred up because they can't do this and that and the other, you know, and y'all are not. But I don't think holiness is about rule keeping. No. I think it's about what he did and said in Romans 13. Well, I asked, I asked Love your neighbor enough not to keep arguing with him over disputable matters. It's not worth it. As the church SS it has disunity in the American church. Has that helped us or hurt us impact our culture? What, what do you think in 2021? Has, yeah. has having a church, a church building on every corner was splintered off because this group says you can't do that, disputable matters. Yeah. Has that helped us or hurt us in our culture? That was a good Point I you mean, make in it, your it's, sermon. it's not good. It's like disunity is never good. The Bible talks so much about unity because, again, without it, you can't focus on the gospel and what's important because you it's just human nature to want to start focusing theologians, on Theologians, after theologian, after theologian, they've come up with these parameters and these all these matters about food laws. And in and, and a lot of ways, Al, they still, they're still operating based on a mindset of law instead of grace. Right. Exactly. It's it, it just, they're saying, well, if you, you loosen up, you know, if you just, what are y'all saying we do then? Uh, how about loving God and loving your neighbor? Yep. I keep it kind of right there and say, just do that. And if you love him, you won't be yeah, yeah, yeah all the time with him. <laughs> well, that, and we said, I, I think that's been the, the success of our podcast is because we've stayed focused on Jesus and scripture, because if you can keep it there, then you can stay away from a lot of this stuff. And look, I expect right. people to disagree. And so did Paul. He said, look, it's, if it's disputable, it's okay. It's okay to disagree with this 
these people over well, here. Well, I think that's let why, it go. That's yeah. why Jesus did the Sermon on the Mount. He basically turned your view and our view of law and rule keeping on its head. That's right. Because he actually just dramatized everything. It's like, you know, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I tell you, even if you have a thought, it's the same thing. Well, all their heads started spinning because these were <laughs> the see. teachers of the law. Yeah, let's see. I'm going to free you from Satan. I'm going to free you from sin. I'm going to free you from the guilt of, of it all. I'm going to free you from the law. And I'm going to free you from the grave. What are you arguing about? <laughs> and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it because I love you. Not because I had to, which is the fulfillment of the law is God's love for us. I mean, this is whether you like it or not, because some people like rules. Yeah. But when you encounter God's love and allow that to motivate your decisions, even if you do things that other people view as not wise, or but it's disputable, you know what? It's all right because in the end, God's love is going to win out, and we don't all have to agree on every single thing in life. No. It, as long as we're basing those decisions on God's love and let that trickle down into our human relationship. So, and I think we get back to your point a while ago. It said, you know, you look inside the body of Christ and you see people who are locked up instead of being freed from. I mean, <laughs> it's you know, one of the most that? sad things ah. I'm, uh, I've ever seen. So Jesus's response all three times to Satan in the wilderness was, I trust, I trust my father. He can't come in that. It is written. It is written. It is written. I and trust. well, if you look down there, Romans 15, everything that was written, he brings it up, Al. Right. In the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Not arguing about them. That's right. And look what look how he closes this thought out in verse 13 of 15, Dad. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. So we trust in him, no matter what our disputes are and differences, we're gonna always come out on the right side. If you got some whacked out ideas about what you ought to do in certain days you ought to do it, just remember, I love you and I don't care. <laughs> Perfect close. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.